Good morning. Happy New Year. It's been a while since I've been up here and glad to be back to share with you all. Um, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your mercy, for your goodness, for your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God who cares about your people in ways that it's beyond our understanding and it takes our whole life here on earth and even in heaven, Lord God, to, to know you and to know all your ways and to come to recognize your great love with which you have for your people, Lord. I pray today, Lord, as we start this new study in, in the new mercies of God, in these next four uh, sessions, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit will give us revelation of yourself, revelation of your mercies and how it applies to our life and how it works and how we can see you in a great light, Lord God, and respond to your mercies, Lord God. Help us to respond to you in ways, Lord, that would please you and, and be a benefit to your kingdom, Lord God. I thank you, God, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I've, um, I've been gone for a long time. Well, we're back. We've been back about a month, but I was gone before that for quite a while. I was traveling, and, and, uh, and I hope to share with you a little bit about Eastern Europe, uh, where I was at. I was in Bulgaria and Romania and Ukraine, but I do have a, a video that I was wanting to show. Uh, uh, Sean's going to get that up for us. This has nothing to do with my trip except the children in this video are the children of a pastor that I, that I go and visit in uh, Ukraine with, along with other pastors, but Pastor Vitaly has been he stayed in Ukraine. He's in Ukraine. His children and his wife are in Ukraine. They're in an area that's fairly protected. But um, uh, Pastor Vitaly has involved himself in humanitarian work, taking food into places and things like this. And we'll get into that maybe some other time. But right now, uh, they sent me this for Christmas. And uh, I wanted to share it with you because it, it's so beautiful. And I, I hope you'll enjoy it. So go ahead, Sean, and put that up. Thank you, bro. This is my Christmas gift to you.
thought that was beautiful. Those children, they're all brother and sister, and their voices blend together, and, and I don't, they're not that old, but uh, I just thought it was a beautiful thing to share with me, and I appreciated them sending me that for Christmas. That was a Christmas song. They had English up there, and they had Romanian up there, and they were singing in Ukraine, Ukrainian. So if anybody wants to know what was going on. They're Romanian children living in Ukraine. They have to know Russian, Ukrainian, and they speak Romanian in their home. Yeah, it's, life's a little challenging there. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> mercies. New mercies. What is a mercy? I, um, I felt before I could just jump right into the uh, lesson today out of Ecclesiastes 3, I thought we ought to do some little background on, on mercies. Uh, because I think that's important to know what we're talking about. And uh, I, I have a lot of scripture, and it's a, I, I was just reading something before I got up here about a half an hour ago, and it kind of gave me a whole different view on things. But let me just read this to you. Out of Psalm 25, it says in verse 6, it says, Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. And uh, I, thought, I thought, well, I'm going to do a little research on the word tender mercies. Not just mercies, tender mercies. You know, tender is kind of a feminine word. Would you say that, guys? I mean, I, I know we're not supposed to do gender stuff, but, you know, tender is, is a kind of a word you associate with a, with a mother, right? Well, let me read to you some things that I went to a rabbi. And a lot of times, if you really want to know what something is being taught in the Old Testament, you almost have to refer to rabbinical teachings for you to understand the Hebrew. I don't understand the Hebrew, so I have to look it up and see what it is. So I went to one of the rabbinical writings, and I think this man might be a believer. He might be a Messianic Jew, but it doesn't make any difference because he's just telling the Jewish people, if nothing else, he's telling them what tender mercies is all about. Here's what he says. Do we have a word in English? This is what he said. Okay, I'll tell you this first. The word in, in Hebrew is rakam, rakam. I'm trying to say that in Hebrew. Notice the roll of the tongue. <laughs> rakam, okay, that's the word. And when you say that word in Hebrew, they know exactly what you're talking about. Now, here's what he says. Do we have a word in English to describe what a mother feels toward a child in her womb? Oh, a guy wouldn't understand that, would he? But a mother might, but she wouldn't know how to describe that. Is there an English word to describe what you feel for a child in your womb? Here's what he says. This is the child that is being protected by the mother, nourished by the mother, cared for by the mother, as she cares for her own body, in fact, she even takes greater care of her body while that child is in her womb. 
She will stop smoking, drinking. She does it knowing full well it would harm her, but the fact it would harm that infant inside of her is enough to, for her to give up those habits of, at least for a duration. This is the stage when the mother has her most perfect love for the child. She has yet to have the child keep her awake at night. She has yet to have to clean up his mess. It's before the child starts crying and interrupting her normal course of existence. Sure, the mother... Uh, I moved it here. I, I lost my... Sure, the mother considers no loss, but ever so slightly, there is a little annoyance. This is before the child becomes rebellious, defiant, and breaks the mother's heart. This is the love of Racham. We don't have an English word for that. You could just call it love, like we do a lot of things. You know, we love peanut butter. We love our grandchildren. You know, we use that word for everything. But they, they define the, the tender mercy. That's why the English language put the word tender in there. They feminized that word mercies a little bit so that we would understand it's bigger than just mercy. It's, it's the love that a mother has for a child that she's carrying in her womb. And I got to thinking about this. The Bible calls us children of God. And we always think about the child that's walking along, like Jenna said, about our holding his hand. And that's a good that's a good visual. Have you ever thought maybe you're the child that God's carrying? like in his womb. And he's loving you that way, like you're being carried by God. And one day, he'll give birth to you into the kingdom of God in heaven. Maybe that's sort of the way we should think of us. We're children of God. He's loving us that way, with tender mercies. Sometimes it's spoken of compassion, Sometimes it's used in the word grace. Our, our, I found out our English language is very, very, it's very difficult for us to interpret tender mercies or mercies itself. I think the simplest definition of mercy is that showing someone a kindness that they don't deserve, that they're, they're disconnected from you and you're showing them a kindness that's undeserved. That's what mercy is. Our God, our Heavenly Father, is a God of mercy. That means he acts out toward us in mercy. Let's read, uh, well, Psalm 119, 156 says, Many are thy mercies, O Lord. Or some translations say, Great are thy mercies. I, I think what, something I was seeing that mercy isn't an occasional thing that happens to us from God, mercy is a continuous action that God has toward us. It's not just a disposition, it's an act, it's something he's giving us. It's a mercy, it's a mercy, it's a mercy. I think I'll wake this crowd up a little bit and tell a story, okay? I saw this as a mercy. Okay, we went to South Africa a little over a month ago. That was about a month ago, I guess. No, it was a little over a month ago. I've, I've lost track of time. It was, it was over a month ago. But anyway, on the way there, 
we had to get rerouted through another city. And while we're in this, we were in Africa, we we're in Johannesburg, and we're at the airport, and we were in Atlanta for like nine hours. And this plane that takes you to South Africa is a 14 and a half hour trip. So that plane sits there all day. It doesn't go places and come back. It's a, <clears throat> it's a plane. They're prepping that thing for the whole day, getting it ready to leave that evening to go to South Africa. So we got there eight hours before. Guess where they put our luggage? All the way in the back. So when we get to Johannesburg and have to go to another plane, we waited. We have to recheck our luggage. We were waiting, waiting, and our luggage was the last ones to come out of the plane. We're panicking because we had less than an hour and a half to get to the next place, and we knew, didn't know where we were going. We had to get, it's a big airport. Johannesburg is the biggest city in South Africa, and it, we're waiting to get to the, going to the next place. While we're standing there, kind of wait, frantically looking for our luggage, a man pulls up with a cart. He's got a suit on. He's got a tag on. A nice, tall, good-looking African man. And he says to us, I will be glad to help you. And I said, well, sir, I don't have any African money. I can't, I can't tip you. Oh, that's no problem. I don't care. I just want to help you. Well, all of a sudden, I started thinking, is this guy an angel or something? Because we didn't ask for help. He had a cart there. And so he starts putting our luggage on the cart, gets our cart all loaded up. He says, do you mind if I see your boarding pass? I show it to him. He said, oh, we're going to have to hurry. I'm thinking, oh, great. You know, I, hurry. I, I just love hurrying in an airport where I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> anyway, he looks at that and he says, just a minute. And he runs and gets a wheelchair. And he says to my wife, get in the wheelchair and your husband can push the luggage and we'll get you through this crowd very quickly. My wife looked at him and said, <laughs> typical, I'm not getting in that wheelchair. It was a perfectly good wheelchair. And he looks at me and he said, sir, I guess you'll have to get in it. And I said, be glad to. <laughs> I got in that thing and we took off and he's running. Excuse me, excuse me. He's running us through the crowd. And my little wife, we've got all this luggage. You can't even see her head. She's pushing this big. Big cart through the airport. I'm laughing at her, and I'm trying to play the part in the wheelchair, you know. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to call me out on it, you know. So he's running us through the airport. He takes us up. We go up some flights of stairs. He crams us in a one-person elevator. We're all crammed in there trying to the wheelchair and the cart and everything. We go up two or three flights. I don't know where we went to, to get out. And then we went into this place. He cuts in line of all these people. You know, I'm playing the part. And he gets in there and uh, he gets our, he starts ripping the tags off. Her. And the lady says, no, no, no. They, they go all the way through. So he had to staple them back on. And I'm going, oh no, how long is this going to take? He gets us through there. Anyway, long story. We get to the, get to the line. They're boarding the plane. We got there in time. And uh, we sure appreciated his help. And I think I, I had a $20 American bill in my pocket, and I made sure he got that. He, he, he didn't want to take it, but I made him take it because he'd helped us so much. We wouldn't have made it without his help. And as I look back on that, I thought of the mercies of God. You know, they happen all around us all the time, you know. And when we get to Ecclesiastes 3 and we read that, I want to bring some of that into bear a little bit because when you read Ecclesiastes 3, you don't think, well, where's mercy and all that? 
You see, it's us getting things we don't deserve. Psalm 86, 15 says, But thou, O Lord, art a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and truth. Psalm 145, 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works. I love that scripture. I've, that, to me, is a, is a beautiful scripture. His mercies are over all his works. Everything God has made has an expression of his mercy in it. Now think about that. We got a new bird feeder out in our yard, and I sit there and watch those birds. And I love watching those birds. And they're very courteous with one another, especially if they're of a different breed. They just kind of wait on the one to get out of the way, and then it comes in, and then they get back, and they wait, and they wait, you know, they're back. You can see God's mercy over all of his works. The, uh, the song of a bird, the shade of a tree, the beauty of the stars, the whisper in the wind, uh, the heat of the sun on our faces, the refreshment of water to drink and to bathe in, the taste of food, the sound of music to the ear. Did you know God didn't have to give you taste buds? Do you ever think about that? You could have stayed alive just eating stuff and not, but God gave you taste buds so that you could enjoy the taste of food. Amen. He gave you the sweet ones and the, and the salty ones. He gave you those so you could taste the taste of food. All these express the mercies of God to us. His mercies are over all his works. That just, that just goes through me a little bit. Lamentations 3.22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I think, now think about that rakam. Stead, you know, they were like a child in the womb, the racham of God. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I, I think there's other illustrations of this in the scriptures. You know, God had Moses build a thing called the Ark of the Covenant. You remember this in the tabernacle? It was a thing about 45 inches long. It was about 27 inches deep and about 27 inches high. It was a box. It was a box. And they put the, the tablets, the law, in there. And they put, they put the rod of Aaron in there that had budded. Maybe some of you don't know about this. Go back and read about it. It's in Exodus. They put uh, some manna. Remember the manna they picked up in the wilderness? They put a jar of manna in there. Those three things were inside the, the ark. It, it basically was symbolic of what had taken place in the wilderness. But there's one thing they didn't put in the ark. They put a lid on this thing, and that lid was called the mercy seat. The mercy seat. Wasn't called the judgment seat. Probably if men had decided to put that lid on there, and give it a name, they'd have called it the judgment seat. But God told Moses a few things when he was in the wilderness. See, Moses wanted to know him. He, wanted, he said, look, I can't take this rebellious people through this wilderness. I need to know who you are and with me. And God came down and revealed himself to Moses. And the first thing he said to Moses, he said, the Lord, 
the Lord God merciful. You see, we can't stand before God in his justice, in his judgment. But we can stand before God in his mercy, giving us what we don't deserve. So God put, had him put the lid on there, and he called that lid the mercy seat. And he told them, he said, this is where I will meet with you in front of that mercy seat. Okay, and it's interesting the way he did this. He put an angel on one end of the lid and another angel on the other end of the lid and their wings were touching each other and the Bible says specifically their faces were facing each other as they looked at the mercy seat. I see a description there. The angels are looking at the mercy seat as God deals with men. Men come up this way before the mercy seat. The angels are watching God to see what he will do. That's the way I interpret it. Because in 1 Peter, see if I can find it. 1 Peter 2, 13, it says that the salvation that was spoken of by the Old Testament prophets, it says it's the things in which angels long to look. Angels do not understand the mercies we receive from God every day. They're looking in awe as God extends mercy to us in salvation. As far as I know, none of the angels that rebelled ever got mercy. I don't know any of them that ever got saved. They were all relegated to hell and they're all a part of the devil and his angels, but God extended mercy to mankind. Mercy is for us. Christ, according to Hebrews, has become our mercy seat. He's become the place where we meet with God. Instead of going to that old box where the mercy seat was, we come to Christ. He's our mercy seat. He's the one that made atonement for our sin. We meet with God through Christ Jesus, our mercy seat. His great sacrifice was an act of mercy. God grants us mercy through Jesus' sacrifice. Oh, I love this old te or this in Luke's gospel, chapter one, verse seventy-eight. It's Zacharias talking about what God is doing with his child John. He says, and you, John, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercies of our God. We got forgiveness of sins because of the tender mercies, those mercies where he carried us He's carrying us like a child in the womb, like a mother loves a child. I'll never forget that scripture. I believe it's in Isaiah's uh, writings where he says, Behold, Jerusalem, how can I forget you? He said, Your walls are always before me. He says, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hands. He said, If, if a mother 
could forget her nursing child, then I could forget you, but I will never forget you, Jerusalem. Tender mercies. God has given us tender mercies through Jesus. James chapter two, he was a half-brother of Jesus and he's always likened as a kind of a hard-nosed guy. We did a study on that and some good teachings in there, but he makes this statement in, at the end of chapter two. He says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Sometimes we don't understand that. Mercy has triumphed. See, that's what Christ did. God in his mercy has triumphed over the judgment that was against us through the writings of the law. You don't meet with God inside the box. You meet with God outside the box. The box has the law. You meet with God at the mercy seat. We were created to experience these tender mercies. And that's where, if you will with me, we'll go back to Ecclesiastes 3 and I'll read today's text. Because I think this applies you will, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, it says, there's an appointed time for everything. There's a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search and a time to give up what is lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. I think this is a popular New Year's Day scripture. I don't know. But it seems like I've read it before and preached on it. I can't remember. <clears throat> Notice the word, the four-letter word that's used quite often here, time. Time. Between every event, there's this duration of time. From birth to death. From planting to harvest. There's a duration there. And I think how this thing of God's mercy applies to that is that in, no matter where you're at along the line, where you're at in the process of each of these various things, where, wherever you're at, you need God's mercy. Where are you at today? I'm somewhere between birth and death and I need God's mercies. I need to see them. I need to be like David and say, oh God, remember me in your tender mercies. And I need to know that that's the way he sees me. That's, I think that's a hard thing to believe. God, God has a, a love, he has the rakam for you. The rakam. 
the tender mercies of a, of a woman that's carrying a child. He's carrying you through life, from birth to death, from planting to harvest, from all those different events. There's a time and a place, but in those times, God is carrying you. He has you in the hollow of his hand. And he wants to show you. That was the part I didn't read that the, that the, the, the rabbi had brought out. He said, along with that, God wants to show and reveal that mercy to us along life, through life. He wants to reveal that to us. It's one thing for him to have it. It's another thing for us in the womb knowing that he has us in that way, loving us in that way, caring for us. You need to know that you have the love of the Father. All these events of life, some are good, some are not that good. But all that we, all in all of these, we can find the mercies of God. Life has joys, it has sorrows, but all of life, God, there's God's mercy, and they're new every morning. Let me close with this scripture in, in Romans 12, verse 1. Now, it may say something different in your Bible. I don't know. I've got the New American Standard. But it has to do with mercies. It says, verse 12, verse, chapter 12, verse 1 in Romans says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You know... When we see the mercies of God, it, it should invoke in us a response. We should want to respond to God in his mercy. When we got finally where we were going, after we looked back on it, we had a big laugh about that wheelchair incident. But all of a sudden, it's just like this flash came over and said, that was God. That was God helping us. Thank you, God. We, we thank God. Thanks could, be a, thanks could be a, and I felt protected, you know. We were on a plane that we wasn't even supposed to be on. We went to the airport and they said, oh, the plane you're supposed to go on is canceled. What? They said, well, we'll get you on another. They put us on this other plane. We got there. Almost everywhere in the New Testament where mercy and peace is found, mercy is always first. Mercy and peace to you in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's because once mercy and once mercy is realized, there's a great peace that comes over you. These aren't commodities that God hands out, you know. It's when you realize that the mercy of God is there with you throughout your life, no matter what you're in, no matter what circumstance you're in, then there's a peace that floods your heart, peace knowing that you're in right standing or you're in the place where God wants you. And I just invite you into that today. If you don't know those great mercies, God's, God's been doing it to you. You just need to be aware of it. And I just say, receive the tender mercies of God, the new mercies of God that he has for you in this new year. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you that you are so merciful and kind, Lord. God, we're a people that need your mercy. All of us, Lord. And remember us, Lord. We have memorialized your mercies towards us, Lord. That we can look in this book and see how great your mercies are towards people. And we can tell, Lord, that you're a God that wants to show us mercy. You want to uh, let mercy become part of our life. We can't, we can't come to you wanting justice. Lord, we wouldn't, no one could stand before you. But Lord, we can stand and lift our hand and say, Lord, please be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me. Lord, we want to receive that mercy throughout this new year. We want to see it. We want to recognize it. And we want to know you in your tender mercies, Lord. And I ask this for us as a people now. In Jesus' name, amen. We have um, communion left and right and back there. And I pray you'll think about these things as we receive these elements in the name of the Lord. Amen.